The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I was wrong about Russell Westbrook. I was. I was wrong. But, truthfully... There wasn't really much that he was doing that led me to the conclusion he was going to do anything else besides cry, fake injuries, and say he needed to be a starter. He literally said multiple times that he got injured by coming off the bench because his body wasn't used to it. Okay, so based on what we had seen, I didn't think he was going to embrace the role of a six-man. Like, Carmelo didn't do it. He had to sit out of the league two years. He started to thrive when he came back, but it took him being humbled. I never thought he would do that, but I never, even if he was to do it, there was no way he was going to like it. There was no way he was going to enjoy it. I thought he was like, okay, I'm going to begrudgingly do it because I'm going to say I'm a good teammate and, like, I don't want to be traded. I, I, I want to stay in L.A. I want to make my $40 million. But what we are seeing right now, can we just say that? Can we just talk about Russell Westbrook? What the fuck is happening? It Nobody's talking about it on ESPN. All they want to do is talk Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. What Russell Westbrook is doing right now, he is a terror downhill. This is why they used to compare him to Giannis. That, this version we're seeing of him right now. Impossible to stop downhill player, Russell Westbrook. Yes. As a result, in the last week, last week, seven days, he's gone from 55 to 1 to win six man of the year to the leader in the clubhouse at plus 195. Whoa. What Darvin Ham has done, that cannot be understated. Can we get a coach of the year winner just off of turning Russell Westbrook into a role player, an effective role player, even if they're 14th in the West? That would be something because this is impressive. This is probably the first time Russell Westbrook's have, having fun. Man, maybe like, so he didn't have fun in Houston. We know that. He had like very marginal amounts of fun in D.C. He had some fun with Paul George and OKC. But like truthfully, 
Russell Wilson probably, I mean, Russell Westbrook probably hasn't had, like, so much fun since KD was in OKC. That's crazy. And fans are now cheering for Russ. He's loving it. Before he even is in the game, they're screaming his name. In the first win of the season against the Nuggets, people called his performance inspirational. He's not missing layups anymore. He's got vintage Russ touch around the rim. He's got grace. He's got force. He's playing defense. Who knew? Who knew? He had five steals in one game this year. And when he's a playmaker, he can pass. Smart passer. Timely passing. Interesting passing. Very good. And it's not just my eyeball. His, his games off the bench, just like just statistically, 18, 8, and 3. 18, 8, and 8, 50% from the field. 13, 7, and 9. 28, 3, and 6, 64% from the field. 19, 3, 10 assists, and 3 for 5 from 3. Whew. Not surprisingly, Lakers 2 and 3 when he comes off the bench. And they're 0 and 5 in any other games. Man, I am happy for Russell Westbrook. Could this be a new, fresh start for him? I don't think there's another player like him. He's like Giannis, but he's, what, 6'3". That's like his game. Not as effective as when you're 6'10". I'll just say that. Definitely doesn't doesn't hurt you to be 6'10". But he has been very valuable, very effective role player. Hand up, look in the camera, I was wrong. And for that, despite all the Lakers' trouble, I think Darvin Ham deserves a cookie or an award or a gold star. because And for all the fans in the Staples Center... God bless you guys for chanting MVP, MVP, when he's clearly not the MVP. He's clearly the sixth man because I think, shh, I think it's working. I think it works. So every few years, uh, an article comes out about Steven Adams. Always. It's always the same. It's like, you know, middle of November and there's like, nothing really happening yet except for drama. So let's write a puff piece on Steven Adams and his incredible inhuman strength. Stories always crack me up. They're always, like, filled with random anecdotes from players you would think had nothing to say about Steven Adams, but they always do. The latest out of Memphis talks about Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is backup center for the Grizzlies, but he has to he has to guard Steven Adams in practice. He's the scrimmage scrimmage uh, victim to Stephen Adams. And and Brandon Clark said this about Stephen Adams, which I thought was hilarious. He said, Stephen Adams makes me feel like I shouldn't even be out here. It's like I'm trying to get aboard, and he doesn't move. He's just not moving. He is the strongest person I've ever played against. Yeah, and if you watch him, He's just impossible to move out of the way. He has so many anecdotes about rooting himself into the ground and how his legs are the center of his strength and how he can't lift any weights, but who gives a fuck because he's stronger than everybody out in the court. He averages as many as five offensive rebounds a game at times during his career. And so these stories about him being a freak of nature were plucked from various versions of these Stephen Adams' strongest man in the universe conversation. But Duncan Robinson said, there's always this unanimous number one strongest guy, and it's always Stephen Adams. He's, he's a terror. Jeremy Grant said, 
yeah, he's the strongest. But it was Jimmy Butler, I think, that was the funniest. He was like, that motherfucker's strong. Like, I'm serious. He hit me with one screen, and I thought my life was over. He's from Krypton or something. So you might ask yourself, where does this superhuman strength come from? Long hours in the weight room, perhaps. Strongman contest, Pilates, yoga, ghee, butter, like Aaron Rodgers, ayahuasca out in the desert. No. According to Stephen Adams in an ESPN article from 2019, he says it's the sauna. The sauna is what gives him this superhuman strength. He says that there's mythical powers. The sauna has some mythical powers in Adam's mind, the ability to tweak body chemistry, release hormones, and increase strength. The research behind it, mate, he says. You can bloody ask one of those guys who's got a degree, bloody science, whatever. I'm a big fan of science, but whoever searched that up, cool, because I'm a fan of the sauna. Seven feet, 270, just chilling in the sauna, just getting strong. Just getting strong. And with Jaron Jackson out for another two months, I think his role only grows. I think he's going to only become more and more important. And he is just out there making things easy for Jaw. And he's an enforcer. You can't fuck with little old Jaw. You can't take him out of the air or you've got Steven Adams to deal with. Can't ask for more than that in your starting center. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All these articles. All these articles about Kyrie Irving. All these think pieces. All these segments, all these rabbis talking about loving and kindness. Where does it go? Where does it all go from here? Because we saw now the six tenets or six qualifications that Kyrie Irving has to put in place in order to play for the Nets again. You're like, that's not going to happen. He's not going to do that. You think he's going to meet with the Jewish community and the Anti-Defamation League and have them scold him about what he did wrong and he's just going to sit there and accept that lashing and then go out to the public and be like, yeah, I was an idiot? Has there been anything in Kyrie Irving's past that gives you any idea that he would ever recant flat-earthing, vaxxing, all that stuff? Does anything give you any clue he's going to do these things? No. So the question that I have is this. Is he too toxic for anyone? Will Kyrie Irving play in the NBA anytime soon ever again? Sam Amick at The Athletic, former colleague of mine at USA Today, interviewed at least a dozen NBA executives, and they seem to think he might be too toxic. His future, uh, murky at best. So now, not only are the Lakers no longer, at one point they were interested in trading for him or picking him up on a mid-level exception, but now not only are they no longer interested in him being there, 
they won't take him at all. They don't want to trade for him. They don't want to sign him. If you're free, we don't want you at any price. This was the only place, really, that made sense for him to go, and now, quote, impossible is the word used. Even Rob Palinka, even Linda Rambis is like, yeah, no. Not in L.A. There's a lot of Jewish people out here in L.A. Nobody. Other GMs calling him hard to manage. The opposite of a commodity, that's a th- that's toxic. If you're not a commodity, if you're the opposite, you're trash. Like you're you're like a pest. The opposite of a commodity is a pest. Other GMs are saying that at best he's looking at one-year deals from here on out. And another said it's going to take a special organization and coach to want to deal with that guy. Miami comes to mind. I think Miami probably makes sense, but, man, Pat Riley doesn't fuck around. You get one chance. As soon as you are no longer viable. Remember what he did to Chris Bosh? Chris Bosh's sweetheart was given out. He had some rare disease, and he was like, you got to fucking go. I'm sorry. You're no longer welcome here. Kyrie, I don't know. I don't think he he's going to be – it's going to be tough slogging for him, tough sledding. And I, I see at some point – I can't imagine a world where he doesn't play basketball because he's so damn talented. But we're getting to that point where the problems and the controversy out and this missing games, period, outweigh his level of talent which is just crazy to say. So will we ever see Kyrie Irving play again in a Brooklyn Nets uniform? Probably not. Will we see him play anywhere else? Who knows?